0: listening to the Food and Fitness Podcast. This show is about normal people and how food and fitness fits into their lives. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at food.fitnesspodcast. I'm your host, David Marshall. We also have our regulars with us.
1: Jess White.
2: Right. And I'm Jackie Vanderton.
0: On this episode, we're going to talk with Kiana Knapp, who is a certified personal training specialist and a group fitness instructor. Also became an FRC mobility specialist and self-proclaimed foot nerd. Kiana has led me through multiple classes at Orange Theory Fitness, and I will admit that the pain was never fun, but the results are worth it. Kiana, welcome to the podcast. And we would like to know, how did you get into leading others through your fitness journey as a group instructor?
3: Yeah, so thanks for having me, guys. Um, Yeah, so fitness has really been a part of my life um, forever. So I'm very fortunate that I was kind of brought up in just a fitness-minded family, um, I will say I was going a different route at first. I was going more of the academic route. Um, I actually have a master's in history. So I was kind of thinking like teaching. Um, and I guess the ironic thing is if I did become a teacher just in a different uh field. So yeah, I kind of made the switch. I just said, you know what, I, I love fitness. Why am I why am I fighting this? Um, I took my first orange theory class. Um, and not only did I find the workout amazing, but one of the first thoughts that popped into my head was, "Wow, like look at that coach! They're having so much fun. It looks like so much fun to like lead a group through this workout." Um, so yeah, literally, I was I was a member at Orange Theory for uh, about a month before I decided I'm gonna make the leap and I, I wanna I wanna coach because I already had my personal training uh, certification. I just it, I had it just just to have it just because it was an interest for me. I had never used it yet, so yeah. It was I just started using it right then and there, uh, once I decided that, um, I mean, I did get laid off from a job, so that kind of <laughs> helped, uh, helped push me to that change as well, um, but yeah, I'm so glad I did, um, yeah, never been happier than what I've been doing right now, um, so yeah, started with Orange Theory, and now it's progressed to kind of, um, my own work with, uh, mobility and movement coaching, so. Yeah, that, that's, the, uh, that's the spiel about how that happened.
2: <laughs> um, one of my favorite quotes by Greg Cook who developed the functional movement screen um, is mobility yeah. over stability. And then I teach and I tell my students all the time, mobility over stability. So can you comment on the importance of mobility for regular people? So for example, what happens or what can happen when people forget or completely neglect mobility exercises in their fitness routines?
3: uh yeah so mobility if you just break down that word it's it's uh the ability to move so um how do you lose mobility you stop moving so um yeah so the reason why we need like mobility exercises is just because of you know the western society's lack of movement (laughs) um so that's kind of where that comes into play um but yeah so so important um I mean, one example is, you know, the, the amount of time that we spend in chairs. So right there, we're losing the ability to move our hips. We become stiff in that regard. So, um, yeah, mobility is simple when you think about it in, in the context of, it's just the ability to move. And, um, yeah, so the, the better we can move, I mean, the better (laughs) we can live really.
1: When I first got my Fitbit, so Mm -hmm. rewind and let you guys know a little bit about my daily life. I sit down, like you were saying, like when you're sedentary, you're sitting at a desk, you really don't move too much. So I felt like I was pretty active, fairly active. I do, I do my yoga. I go through the gym. I go for some hikes on the weekend and then I got a Fitbit. And I think the standard number of steps that they suggested you to have a day was like 10,000 or something around that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Oh, that's no problem. I wore it for like a week and I'm like, okay, I'm averaging like 3000 steps a day, nothing like nothing.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And then my sister who literally works and walks around all day, she's getting like 20,000 steps in a day. And I'm like, wow, I really thought that what I was doing was great. I felt like I was active, but I'm really not moving. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people really don't realize um, like, you know, you, you get up in the morning, you go to work, you sit down, you come home, you sit on the couch, and even if you're only getting an hour of exercise in your day, um, you're still not moving. Like there's mm-hmm. you, you really aren't. Um, do you have any tips for people? Like I, I know that you going to the gym is super important, but do you have any tips for people to stay active throughout the day, like to get a little bit more movement in their daily life?
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like we get caught up in like, okay, I went to the gym for an hour, like I'm done. Like <laughs> yeah I've done it, um but you just got you gotta look at it the whole day I mean you have twenty four hours in a day, and I know for a lot of people like getting to that gym for an hour is like that's a struggle. I know people have kids, family commitments and stuff um but yeah, look at what you can do in twenty four hours um I mean, I even get caught up in that like i I go to the gym or I, I go for a run and i'm I'm just tired and I sit down and I'm like, hey, my Fitbit's buzzing me like you know what i I gotta still I gotta keep moving um So it's it's really a part of the the convenience of of how we live again in this Western society, right? Everything's so convenient. We sit in a car, we drive to a window, we put our hand out, we get food. I mean, it wasn't like that for thousands thousands of you know years of being a human, right? You know, we had to walk, we had to forage, we had to get our food by moving, and we just don't do that anymore. Um, so yeah, like maybe walking to the grocery store instead of driving. Um, you know, making more trips. Um things like that parking further away using the stairs I mean we all hear that all the time but you know do you actually do it (laughs) do you take that further parking spot not not many people will right um so it's it's really is the little things that you do in a 24-hour day that are going to add up and then you're going to look at your Fitbit and wow you've hit 10,000 steps and there you go (laughs) yeah yeah
1: it's right it's all it's all the little things that you can be more aware of and add into your Mm -hmm. day
0: Mm-hmm. I always find it amazing that when you go to the gym, that always the parking spots closest to the door are always full <laughs> first, which right? I always laugh about. Right. Uh, yeah. I also heard a lot of people that uh, if they're in an office that they'll try and use the washroom on like the other side of the floor, um, or, you know, they never use the water fountain that's closest to them. They always try and make it as far as possible uh, yeah. to try and get those extra steps. In. And I think in a small thing, yeah, if you're making like 20, 30 extra steps, it, you don't notice it at first, but at the end, it starts to accumulate, right?
3: Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And I had that that issue with the the water cooler at my uh, my desk job. It was it was down a hallway, and like I took it as an opportunity to like you know get up get up for my desk, and I'll fill my water ten times a day if I have to. It gives me the you know that walk to stretch my legs, get my steps. Yeah.
0: You bought a smaller water bottle just so you could walk more <laughs> steps.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: Kiana, can I ask you a question about why should a person do physical activity and and I'm not looking at it from, you know, heart rate, blood pressure, stuff like that. I'm really interested in the psychological aspects because I think sometimes we forget that, uh, you know, not everyone's going to get a runner's high, but why would you recommend from a psychological perspective, the benefits of a fitness
3: yeah, I mean, everyone's everyone could probably claim who has, you know, done a done a workout, been in a workout class. I mean, before you do it, you feel like absolute crap. And then, you know, when you're done, even if you're not someone who enjoys exercise, I mean, you have to admit, like, you feel so good after. Um, and, you know, we need that. Again, we're going back to the sanitary life that we live. Um, it literally has, you know, results on your brain chemistry. After you, you exert, uh, you get your heart rate up you sweat. Um, so yeah, it's it just, it's so important for that reason. Um, and I mean, yeah, that's, that's how, how that would man. you describe
2: after you've worked out, how would you describe your mood? Cause I know for myself, I know, and my kids tell me too, mom, you need to go out and do something. <laughs> uh, because when I come back, I'm, I'm happy mom. I leave grumpy mom and I come back happy mom. Uh, but that's really hard when you're doing it, you're like, oh, this is hard. Um, you know, Dave described it as pain. Um, how do you feel after exercise? And I guess what keeps bringing you back?
3: Yeah, I guess it's that, uh, it's almost like an immediate, you know, satisfaction after, um, just cause you feel so good, like right away. Um, I don't know. And like, I'm, I guess I'm so, like I've been doing it for so long, so I'm so accustomed to it. Um, and I understand that people who are just starting, like it's, you know, it's uncomfortable, you hurt, you're sore, you're feeling muscles that you've never, you never even knew you had, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Um, but also, I mean, I wanna encourage people that exercise, it doesn't have to be like so intense, like all the time, it doesn't mean you have to actually like, you know, be sweating everywhere and, you know, gasping for air. It can come in so many forms, even, you know, just go for a walk around your neighborhood, neighborhood, like go for a hike. Um, You don't have to be lifting crazy amounts of weight. Um, Again, it's different for everyone. So yeah, you got to find what you like and then, you know, just hold on to that feeling that you feel after and just think about that feeling of how good you feel after. And that's going to get you through, you know, the next, the next time, the next workout. Yeah.
1: I I feel like after a good workout um, at the gym that I go to, Sometimes I feel so great that I actually have memory loss. And I think other people do too. It's like the state of euphoria. Like you feel so great. You do your workout, you walk to your car, you drive home, you realize that you're still in your running shoes. Like there's been so many times where I've actually left my shoes that I came to the gym in at the door because I just felt so great. And I was ready to take on the world and I left my shoes there. And I know I'm not the only one that's ever done that but it, it happens way too much
3: <laughs> that's really funny and I could really attest to that because at Orange Theory we have leftover shoes like so many <laughs> like, yeah. so that's really funny I guess yeah so you're not alone there Jeff <laughs> Good.
0: <laughs> oh goodness so one thing uh because I, I follow you on uh, social media something mm-hmm. that kind of comes up often uh is you say 50% of walking is done on one foot and 100% of running is done on one foot. You were also yeah. a self-proclaimed foot nerd. So yeah. why why the foot and why <laughs> should other people be so concerned about their feet when they're looking at their fitness journey?
3: Yes. Um so the the whole shift to uh kind of mobility for me started with with the feet. Um so I, I trained and I ran my first marathon in twenty nineteen and my foot was ruined. It was so my left foot I had plantar fasciitis. I like it it obviously it got worse and it it became that way because of my overtraining. Um and yeah so after my marathon just my foot was toast. It hurt every day, every hour of the day, every time I stepped on it. Um I know and like having sore feet is like the most debilitating thing like not being able to to stand or walk and like not feel pain is is horrible um so it started from that and I actually being a foot nerd is an actual certification that anyone can get from the foot collective check them out on instagram I'm self-proclaimed and it's an actual thing um but yeah so your your movement health begins um at your feet at your foundation like think about the foundation of a building like it has to be strong if it's if it's weak you're gonna have a crappy building <laughs> so um it all starts from the feet and once you see it that way you can't unsee it um it, it kind of works everything up the chain um to knees to hips to spine um yeah it, it all comes down to your feet
2: mm-hmm. yeah. can i can i piggyback on that a little bit and i know that yeah. women are gonna hate me um i <laughs> don't wear heeled shoes um, and I really never did. Can Not you a comment <laughs> a little bit about uh, shoes in daily life and mm-hmm. active life? We had Jody McNeil on and Dave asked a great question about how long should shoes last? And you know, she said about 600 miles or kilometers, I mm-hmm. can't remember, 600 kilometers. Um, can you comment a little bit about shoes and how do I know as a regular person, um, are these shoes good
0: for me? I feel yes. like this is gonna be a good answer.
3: Yes. Shoes. Shoes are foot coffins. Um so <laughs> they're where your feet go to die, guys. Uh, so yeah, so shoes. Um the less time you're in them, the better. Um, so your feet have muscles just like any other part of your body. Um so when you when you're not using a muscle, it gets weak. It gets smaller, it, right. So shoes are actually unloading your feet. Um, so your, your muscles in your feet are getting weaker because they're unloaded. They're not taking the weight of your body because you're wearing cushion, you're wearing arch support, all those things. So once you take your feet out of the shoes, the bottom, the muscles of your feet are now being loaded. They're getting stronger. Um, so that being said with, uh, footwear, there's four things. WTF, so number one, they should be wide. widest at that the toes, um, Look at a baby's foot. Their their foot is widest at the toes. They have a nice splay between all five toes, right? Um, so you want to have that width at the front, and um, you want them to be thin. So um, you should be able to feel the ground underneath you. Proprioception. You're you're sending signals to your brain about where you are in space and what's underneath you. Um, you want them to be flat. Um, so from the toe to the heel, no no heel lift. Uh, you know, no cushion there. So. Yeah, again, that kind of goes with thin as well. And then you want them to be flexible. So they should, they should move, you should be able to scrunch them up. They should allow your foot that natural movement, um, kind of like piggybacking with that, um, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, with, yeah, the ability of your foot to, to move with that proprioception, right? Um, so yeah, wide, thin, flat, flexible, allowing your foot to do the work to take the load um, that it needs to, to be strong. And a strong foot is going to be a pain-free foot.
2: So can you comment a little bit about the stilettos, the four-inch heels (laughs) that um, some women find themselves wearing? I don't judge. I shouldn't say some people find themselves wearing.
3: Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like fashion-wise, I know they look good. To make your leg look nice and long <laughs> and it's just um yeah so i can go into kind of like you know the biomechanics of that wearing that heel your weight is kind of shifted into your forefoot your toes are all scrunched i mean and the toe thing is important because um going back to plantar fasciitis that's that's the long uh, kind of that thick fibrous uh piece of tissue along the bottom of your foot and it kind of it separates and it goes into you know all your digits, um, sort of thing. So when you're when you're cramped into that, you know that pointed shoe, all your weight is being put on your forefoot. Oh, just disastrous effects, not only to the foot, but then now upstream to your hips. How you're standing, your low back. You're, you know you're kind of in that, that arch. I mean, so yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like once you kind of see these things, you can't unsee it. And like when I see someone wearing heels, I'm just like, oh. Not to mention your your calf is scrunched up now. It's nice and tight. Your Achilles get shortened. Oh, just, you know, all those effects that happen. Um, So I'm sorry, guys, if this is like (laughs) anyone listening who loves heels, but that's the truth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So as somebody who may have uh, a predisposition to an injury, staying in wide, thin, flat, and flexible shoes is probably the best as a preventative measure because, like you said, if the foundation of the house is cracked, you know, then something up mm-hmm. top is going to fall down or be um, affected someplace. So, yeah, can I just I don't want to put words in your mouth, but shoe wear is critical. Is that yeah. where you're going?
3: Yeah, but um, also um, it's going to depend on the injury, like, um, and you don't want to just like jump into it sort of thing um again depending on your injury um so if you know if standing with bare feet is painful if you have you know plantar fasciitis if you have any like morton's neuroma or anything like maybe bunions as well um you know you definitely use yourself into it um but that's gonna be the best yeah the best way to kind of even out that the balance kind of that the alignment from the hips down really yeah
2: that's awesome. A question some people often ask is, how long should I break shoes in? So I just bought a brand new pair of whatever. Um, how long should it be before I can
3: go out and be active in them? Is
2: there a time frame that people should be aware of?
3: Um, so if if I'm thinking about like minimalist shoes, and you should just be able to, to jump right in. them. They don't really need to be worn in. Um, it's it's weird because i feel like the the wearing of shoes like if you're talking about conventional shoes like the you know the pop the brands that you see in like a sports store on the shelf i mean if they're so that's i don't know if i can like give a good answer for that because i'm not i'm just not familiar with that anymore um because they're so tight they're so restrictive right so it's almost like you have to like gain these calluses in all the places that they're they're tight on your foot um and again, every, every brand is going to kind of fit in a different way. And I mean, I went through that. I, I bought a pair of shoes when I was training for a marathon and I went for a 10 K run and I just shredded the back of my, my heel because I got major, major rubbing, major calluses there. And I was, I, I couldn't wear shoes for, I think a week and a half I was off training and you know, that's really frustrating. So um, yeah, if you're going like the, 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 the regular shoe route, then ease into it, you know, <laughs> learn from my mistake there. With that example, and um, yeah, lower lower your training volume, lower your distance, um, maybe a week or so. But ideally, shoes should not be so restrictive that you need to break them in. They should allow your foot to move freely if you're going more than the minimalist route. Yeah. Awesome.
1: I've seen people, and I don't know what the category of shoes is, the or if even if they have mm-hmm. a name. But you know the shoes where they kind of fit your foot and they have toes. yeah
3: five five fingers I think they're called like vibram five fingers yeah
1: what are your thoughts on that style for fitness
3: uh great I mean I I don't own any yet (laughs) um but yeah it's just allowing your foot to to move in the most natural way because you don't have any restriction at the toes um it's probably the the widest shoe you can get I know people who love them I know people who just just go bare feet or yeah yeah, just yeah, a super, super minimalist shoe. And I think it kind of started from like a boat, a boat shoe um, or like something you can wear so you don't get like, cut like in the water if you're treading through water and things like that and that's kind of how that the Vibram started. But um, yeah, just it's probably the most minimalist shoe you can get. Yeah.
2: One of my uh, I'm a little bit of a geek as well. One of my favorite researchers, Lieberman out of uh, Harvard, uh, just, just mm-hmm. to give you some context, uh he runs barefoot he's in harvard so boston yeah runs barefoot all year around except in the snow so yeah yeah, so he will put the kind of the five fingers on just because you
1: know
3: it gets cold in boston the protection yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you you really just need to yeah watch out for um you need protection from weather you need protection from sharp things on the ground that's yeah the important thing with that yeah
1: Awesome. So switching over to just more fitness, how do you keep up to date with the latest trends and developments as an instructor?
3: Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's really knowing, knowing what you like, um, and then finding people who do it well and then, you know, learning from them. Um, so it's hard. I mean, especially with social media, you get blasted with all these different different trends and stuff, but, uh, yeah, find what you like and kind of just dive into that. Um, And that's what happened with me with uh, mobility and, you know, the FRC, FRC system. And uh, yeah, that's just kind of delve into to one thing at a time (laughs) is the way I go about it. And yeah, learning from the people who are smarter than you for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And things, things change all the time. So I think Instagram Mm -hmm. is a great resource and Pinterest because There's
0: always much going on, on those platforms for, yeah. I will say like, as a type one diabetic, one of, when I was originally shopping for a gym, the first thing I did is I'd go in and I would speak to uh, someone. I asked if I could speak to one of their trainers and what they thought, uh, if they had any experience of dealing with type ones. And then they're like, Oh, it's kind of all the same. You should be fine. And I was like, Ooh, I'm out. And then I went to the next one. But when I walked when I walked into uh, Orange Street, hashtag not an ad, um, <laughs> one of the things that I did notice is that like, the first thing I was told was like, oh, we have other type ones who work out here. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. How do they find their experience? And then they're just like, oh, this guy. And then he came over and he's like, oh, yeah, it's great, blah, blah, blah. And what really touched me because someone like myself, uh, when your blood sugar can fluctuate so drastically, is that they were the staff had juice in a fridge in the back and it was those little touches and the knowledge that I think that made me more comfortable with that gym than I had it with anywhere before. And I think that goes through with other things like what you were saying with the specialty of knowing what you want, working within that. And maybe if you find a trainer who wants to do a blanket, like, oh, I know everything, it might be the ones who could potentially be the least effective for you because you want to maybe partner with someone that you're passionate about right you're not going to work with someone Mm -hmm. uh who's you know not passionate about the same things that that you are kind of thing right
3: yeah and and based off of something you trust as well um yeah not just doing it for the sake of doing it but something you trust and something that's backing it that that you believe in yeah so i'm glad you found that yeah with orange theory for sure
0: yeah so Doing some research before uh, this episode, you and I have uh, talked and mm-hmm. you mentioned that you grew up in a family, uh, your parents were athletes. Uh, your sister is also an athlete.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How was it uh, growing up with parents and siblings as athletes and how did that impact you and your choice to pursue the passions that you pursued as uh, as a youth athlete?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, fitness was like all around me, all my life. Um, yeah, so dad was a, a national team uh, wrestler, um, you know, won a few national titles. He went on to be an alternate on the Canadian Olympic team in 76. Uh, mom was an athlete when she grew up. She was, she was a fitness instructor, aerobics instructor, personal trainer. Um, so yeah, definitely had those that, that kind of like idols to look up to as parents growing up. Um, and then it's cool because it was never it was never pushed on me. Or, or like us um, it was just you know just they they had an example there and we just followed just by example um you know I'd be if my dad was at work I'd be sitting uh, in the in the gym while my mom was teaching aerobics with my sister just you know watching her <laughs> teach a, a big class aerobics so it's so cool to grow up with that and I'm obviously I'm very fortunate with that because this is uh something that a lot of people have to learn they learn late in life um so, yeah, so, so happy to have grown up with that. And now I get to kind of teach it and share it with everyone, which is, you know, just such a, such a joy. Yeah.
2: That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. So uh, reading between the lines, it was really important for you to have parents that influenced you because it became part of your life. Is that kind of mm-hmm. like, it wasn't a thing that you had to search for. It was mm-hmm. already there. So, kind of the take-home message to parents out there that <laughs> if you're active, kind of your kids will follow up on that as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, in today's pandemic, uh, we've had to, you know, pivot to different kind of fitness things, and and I've discovered um, Yin yoga, and um, you know, it's been really good for me for mobility wise. Um, I have a question for you with regards to, you know, kind of teasing out what fitness program that you're doing online, how do I know that it's a good program for me? Like, how should I, what sort of things should I look for when I'm choosing or pick or picking an online fitness program?
3: Yeah. Um, I think firstly, um, do 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 what you like because um, if you don't if you don't like it you won't you won't stick with it or chances you're going to stick with it is very very slim um so if if everyone's doing uh if everyone's running i won't mention <laughs> i won't mention different names if everyone's running and everyone's signing up for 5ks 10ks but you you just hate running you don't feel good after it hurts you whatever it is then you don't have to run you know you can walk you can hike you can if you lo- if you're like, hey, I used to play tennis ten years ago, then then play tennis. I think we get wrapped up in you know fads and what we think we got to do, but it really should be something you like so that you will stick with it. Um, it'll be more effortless that way, and yeah, do something you like. And then again, going back to that trust thing, um, something that that backs uh, what you believe in, backs your goals. So even you know set out some goals for yourself, whether it's strength, whether it's endurance, um. And yeah, make sure it follows up on those things. I, so
0: I really if someone that. is looking for a 5K or a 10K, they can go to the Compass Run for food just for the record.
2: Yes. <laughs> I, I love that you said that. And, and one of the things that I bought a bike this winter um, and I biked in my basement and my husband put on uh, a mountain bike. Like you can watch these guys go with these races and they start on the top Mm. of the glaciers and then they bike down. So it's about 45 minutes an hour whatever. And, uh, I I didn't enjoy biking indoors. I found it very mind numbing. And then I found this 45 minutes of this guy racing down the mountain and I'm leaning like when he's turning a corner, I'm leaning. (laughs) And I felt fast and empowered. And it was 45 minutes of fun. You know, so yes. I love the fact that you said, have fun. Because um, not everybody likes doing, I don't know, two-minute planks or, or whatever. Yeah. So love it. Well done for so, you. Yeah, I love that. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So... We are the Food and Fitness Podcast, and this might be a question that we all want answered, but no one is willing to ask. So, which would be more of an impact when it comes to a lifestyle change—changing um, your diet or starting a fitness program?
3: Ooh, the, the big question, right? Um, <laughs> I I mean, I'd have to tip the scales to diet <laughs> to that end. No um, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah like what you're putting in your body you know it, it totally affects how the physical how you're going to feel um so definitely yeah diet um especially if if by lifestyle change again like look towards your goals if, if that means weight loss then 100 uh, percent calorie deficit you got to take in less calorie or yeah <laughs> consume uh less calories than uh, you're burning um did i say that backwards calorie deficit no. okay never <laughs> mind <laughs> um yeah and then um yeah if you're, if you're looking for strength endurance then you know you got to add that fitness uh program on top of it uh you know to, to meet those goals as well yeah, yeah. Everything. Th- um, yeah. Sorry. Go on.
1: I was just going to say like a, a big lifestyle change. You, I don't, I feel like you can't really have one without the other. And that's why it's such a tough question to answer mm-hmm. uh, today or not today, but later earlier this week, I shared a post on our Instagram and it, I don't have it in front of me right now, so I could get it backwards, but it was something like, um, nutrition is King and exercise is King and you, or Queen. And you put them together and you get a kingdom because yeah, you really need both of them f- for that change. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I remember, I saw that post. I liked it. Yeah, um, yeah. If you, yeah, overall lifestyle change. Yeah, the two of them definitely definitely go together. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know that you uh, have chosen to go with minimalist footwear. Um, you mm-hmm. with your foot nerds. You like the toe socks and foot care. Yes. <laughs> so um, if someone is experiencing an injury, uh, how what is it? What are some good maybe stretches that they could do? pre-workout walk run hike um to prepare themselves for it and maybe what are some uh things that they could do for recovery if they do experience an injury
3: yeah just uh like a general like a foot injury or like what yeah let's go with a foot injury injury. uh yeah i mean everyone again it's going to be different um uh for everyone so i mean what was the question like what they can do before
0: and yeah like what's a good way to prepare uh if you're just getting started so a lot of people um around town they've been walking a lot more um so like what what's maybe some ideas that they could do to start off to prepare for it and um rather than just coming home and sitting down if there's something that they should be doing afterwards uh Mm -hmm. to kind of prevent injuries from happening in the long run
3: okay um if we're going yeah If we're basing that kind of off of foot health um yeah there's some simple things you can do like uh so rolling if you have a lacrosse ball tennis ball something like that um rolling massaging again the 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 layers of muscles on your foot um especially if you've been wearing wearing shoes all day um that's a great like kind of simple like activation tool that's it's gonna make make you feel better for sure Uh, it's like getting a mini foot massage um uh, once your shoes are off, getting some more space in between the toes, you can purchase toe spacers. Um, you can literally just do it with your hands, (laughs) get in there, the human toe spreader sort of thing. Um, and just spending a little bit more time barefoot to, to strengthen the muscles, um, again, of the foot, um, working on a little bit of ankle mobility. Um, you can do, you know, working on ankle dorsiflexions, that's, when your knees kind of go in over your toe, because um, again, that function gets lost when we're wearing stiff uh, shoes. Um, and yeah, working, checking out how your calf is working too. Again, that's something that can get stiff and tight again with with shoes. Um, yeah, those are just the things. Those are just a few things at the at the level of the foot uh, that can help. But um, yeah, if you're dealing with an injury uh, like that, then definitely I would say get assessed first um to get a little bit more specific but we were just you know very basic things that can help before and after you can do those those things before and after activity yeah that's
2: awesome um we have set some goals specifically smart goals uh specific measurable attainable realistic and timely and we've really you know, held ourselves accountable for our goals throughout kind of this year. Do you have any goals this year or something that you've carried over as a long-term goal? So is there something that you're looking to, you know, whether it be trained for, prepare for something, what would you say is your long-term goal?
3: Yeah, that's a, oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like it's, oh, I feel like they're always changing, <laughs> um, but something um kind of that came a, a goal recently and i get i guess it's a, a result of you know the whole last year we've all been through is um i'm trying to be a little bit more uh mindful practice mindfulness um which i think goes hand in hand with you know living a, a healthy lifestyle um i mean i do a lot of physical practice obviously but uh i notice i'm definitely not lacking on the the mental practice so um for example I'm I'm starting journaling I've been journaling every day for almost a month and a half which is which is big for me so I mean those small steps every day (laughs) to to do that to get into my journal um I haven't really found like a, a meditation really that works for me that's 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 been a little tough um uh but yeah definitely it's it's the mindfulness practice that that's my my big goal yeah
2: I can and and do you mind if I ask why in particular mindfulness like why have you taken this on is there um I don't want to get too personal obviously um is there is this a a a hole that you've found where in this fast-paced rat race kind of world that you've chosen to kind of focus a little bit more on maybe what's going on it's like can you just elaborate a little bit more on why mindfulness
3: yeah I kind of like what you said there like there's definitely a hole (laughs) a hole there um yeah, and it's missing from. I feel like it's it's a pillar. It's a pillar of health, um, really. There that that I I realize is missing with you know all this time alone during you know 2020, and uh, again trying to trying to keep up with everything, trying to you know deal with a busy schedule, and yeah, i I've, that's that's how I arrived there. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: I love it.
1: That's awesome. Um, so we want to thank you again. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, so thank you for joining us today on the Food and Fitness yeah. pod- podcast. Um, before we close off, can you share with our listeners where they can find you, what you are up to, and any closing words to keep people inspired?
3: Yeah, um, you can find me on Instagram at Kiana Knapp. Um, so I post I post content every day um, about mobility, about how you can keep moving um you can book an assessment with me there um i have a free offering also there um for mobility and then you can just keep your eyes peeled um i have some some online programs coming up in hopefully the very near future um and yeah just just keep moving everyone that's all i can say
1: (laughs) fantastic well thank you thank you so much guys for having
0: me thanks Thanks, kelly So we're going to take a few moments and talk more about our 2021 goals. Uh, my first question for both of you, uh, let's start with Jackie, is why why did you set this goal? Why is this something that you wanted to accomplish? And have you thought about maybe what your next goal is after this is done?
2: Well, uh, I actually never set out my life I've never set out to do anything more than the 10k and I remember when I retired from running I was at the Ottawa Marathon and I was like woohoo it's my last 10k I'll ever do again that was uh 2000 and maybe 10 I can't remember exactly and I picked it up again and then I said okay I'm gonna do a half and I did it and um I was, I, I, so my, as I've mentioned before, my husband's an ultra runner and I'd go to races and I'd see these people doing amazing things. And a friend of mine just said she was going to hike 50 on her 50th birthday. Another friend of mine turned 50 last year. He ran 50 K although he's a hundred miler as well. So, um, he ran 50 K on his 50th and I was like, Oh, I'm going to do that too. So I ran 50k on my 50th by myself and I keep saying by myself because um, it took me eight like I don't even really pay attention to the time it was over eight hours that it took me and that was a long time I spent in my head by myself and um as soon as I was done I was like I'm doing this again but anybody can do it um and I know people say oh if I can do it you can do it too it's literally just putting one foot in front of the other But for me, it was conquering the mind game. And so I will do another 50 this year. And the beauty that it's a little easier this year, because, you know, I can say it's only 8K, right? It's only 6K. It's only 40 minutes because I've already done it. And so, you know, for me, it becomes a little bit easier mentally, because mentally, and I and I often tell people I'm really super lazy, um, and, and I'm lazy from the perspective that I listen to the voice inside my head that says, ah, just give up, there's nobody, there's no metal, there's no whatever, just give up. And I'm able to overcome that, and I'm able to play little tricks now that, um, you know, brush off Bob, and that's what I love. I read an article, just the other day about um, I'm a a grad school dropout. I started my PhD and dropped out um, and I felt really bad about it, but he talked about, you know, when you're doing grad school, you fail and, and you don't want to fail. Like it is the worst thing as a student to fail. And guess what I do all the time when I, when I run? I fail. I, I fail all the time because I never make, you know, maybe I'm tired and I, and I walk more. I don't make a personal best. Very rarely will I run faster than I did before. And that's okay. Like, I'm like, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with failing. And from the bigger perspective, I'm actually more content with life because it's okay to fail. In fact, when you fail, you learn. And I'm finally at the age of 50 figuring out failure is actually a really good thing. So my goal to run 50 again this year is just to prove to myself that I did it and I'm doing it more structured. So I have a better training plan as well. So my other goals in, and much like Kiana, uh, I'm spending a little more time being okay with myself. And I know that sounds like a really silly goal, but I have spent a lot of time not liking who I am. And I'm sure most people are like this as well. Either I'm not skinny enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not not fast enough, I'm not athletic enough, like all these not enough things. And I'm starting to tell myself, you know what? I have lots of good things and I have lots of things that don't matter anymore. So I I think my ongoing goal is just, I, I just wanna be content. I just wanna be like, eh, it's okay, you know what? I'm good enough. I'm good enough. So, yeah, that's my kind of long term goal. Glad- Have
0: you thought about finishing that PhD?
2: Yeah, actually, when I stopped my my PhD, and I stopped it for numerous reasons, and it it wasn't it, it wasn't because I wasn't smart enough. It was um, many things happened in my life. My supervisor left. I lost funding. Like it wasn't all on me. And my, my, one of my committee members had said the PhD doesn't go away. It just means it's put on hold. And I'm like, you know what? That's kind of life too, right? Like it'll never go away. I can be 80 years old and do a PhD. Yeah. You know, there's, I don't really get anything out of it other than three more letters behind my name. So, and you might have the
0: biggest smile walking across the stage. 100%,
2: 100%, I may be with my cane and my walker, you know, walking across the stage and finally getting my PhD. It's not about, for me now, it's not about the accolades, it's about doing. And that's kind of where it came from was, I don't need accolades anymore. Yeah, I've got some plaques behind my wall here, um, but I don't need them, right? I, I need to be content with who I am. So, yeah, cool. How about you guys, Jess? Well, um, I just want to say like,
1: you're right. You have to love yourself before anything else, like put yourself first. So I'm, I love your goals and I love that you're realizing that you have to take time for yourself. Um, For me, so, so my goal really is to figure out what's causing these health issues for me, what my triggers are. Um, And I'm really proud to say, and knock on wood, but things have been going really, really well. Um, Last time we chatted, I said, I was going to start kind of looking into the low FODMAP plan, and that has really helped me. Um, I'm on a call list to speak to a nutritionist, so that's going to help me even more. Um, But I think more or less, I've really figured out my triggers. Now, the list of food that I am avoiding right now is pretty long. Um, But because I've found a ton of recipes and support, um, you know, I'm still eating delicious foods um not as much as I used to in the past and I'm definitely missing like taco Tuesdays um because I can't have almost everything except for lettuce that's in a taco but um that aside things are going pretty well I'm going to continue at it because obviously I'm not at that the two months that I gave myself before so I'm sure I can find more delicious recipes um and then once I talk to the nutritionist we'll figure out the plan from there. Um, but yeah, that my my goal is going really well. So why I started it probably is a no brainer. Um, I really needed to get my health dialed in. Um, I really don't like taking pills if I don't need to. And if I can get um, these issues under control with nutrition, I'm all game. Um, so yeah, if that's going really well. Now, I am starting to think about future plans. And when I first chose this goal, uh, like a month or so ago, um, I had said that my, you know, my um, fitness programs were dialed in because the gym was open and I could schedule my gym classes and life was great. Um, Fast forward to pandemic lockdown number three and I can't go to the gym. I am at home with a five-year-old, two dogs, Um, And it's just, it's so loud. And I just, I really cannot give myself an hour. Um, I mean, that being said, I I am in a room without dogs and kids right now. But um, I think that that will be my future goal is really to dial in my fitness um, and focus on myself a little bit so that I can do that.
2: I love that you shared that um, because I think you and about a million other people, and I think I'm being super conservative, have that exact same issue right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, please, as we go on, share that because there's a whole bunch of people out there that are super struggling right now as well with yeah. a five year old and dogs and online learning and, 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 and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what about you, Dave?
0: Uh, so why we set the goal, um, I was actually, uh, I, I, we have an app from the library where you can read online magazines. Um, so I started getting into, because we were hiking so much in 2020, I was like, oh, let's look at this one. And it was European um, trail running magazine. And it was a thousand mile challenge for the year and every year you can do it you can uh track it send your stats in and they send you like a a buff or a towel or something like that right and i was like huh i wonder if we could do that and i was like maybe not maybe not a thousand miles but yeah, maybe a thousand kilometers and so then i brought that up to joe and she's like yeah we could maybe do that and i think when you're going one step at a time and putting one foot in front of the other a thousand kilometers is a huge task. Like that's massively daunting because in your head, you're setting it as a goal, but the timeline of a year, it's long. Um, But at the same time, I feel like yesterday was a year ago at the same time. Like time doesn't make sense anymore. Uh, So we decided, fine, we'll set it. Um, Not bragging. We just crossed the 600 kilometer mark um, like this week. So that's good. Uh, So we're doing really well. Um, We might get to a thousand miles by the time this is done we'll see what happens i'm not making any promises uh for future goals uh, i just ordered a kettlebell so i'm going to start to do a little bit more um stuff uh at home uh, which is nice a little bit more strength training to go along uh with that because i do have um old injuries from like knees uh, that have caught up so just trying to strengthen my legs and everything like that with a little bit more extra weight and i thought that was kind of the easiest way to go because before i was using just like an 18 pack of diet Coke as my weight when I was doing stuff. So um, yeah, that for us, that's, that's what we're going to, we're going to do. And um, I think, and Joe, she said that it, it looks like it's a usable size for her as well. So I think we're going to be pretty good.
2: I love it. And I, I love the fact that it's together, right? It's not just Dave, it's Dave and Joe together that, you know, because then you hold each other accountable.
0: I don't think it's we hold each other accountable, but she pushes me more.
2: I love it. Yeah, it's good. That's awesome.
0: Yeah.
2: Love it. So as the hosts of the Food and Fitness Podcast, we really want to invite you, the listeners, to share your goals with us. And as we continue with future episodes, we would love to update our audience with each other's goals, challenge each other, and one day have a virtual celebration together to celebrate our accomplishments.
1: Yeah, so leave a comment below in the YouTube comments. Find us on social media at food.fitnesspodcast to send us a message on your new goals or episode ideas. So until next time, we'll talk food.
0: We'll talk fitness.
2: And we will do it together.
1: Thank you for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Food and Fitness Podcast. Join us next time when we interview Rebecca Landman, owner of Landman Gardens and Bakery. We will dive in and discuss where food actually comes from, everything from her commercial kitchen to eggs, butcher shop, vegetables, preserves, and more.